0: This is a Cross and Crown Church production. For other resources, please visit crosscrownchurch.com. Book title, The Kingdom Driven Life. Author, Sunday at Elijah. Published by Cornerstone Publishing. Copyright 2015. Narrated by Jason Garwood. Chapter 2. Priority of the Kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew When we embrace the true purpose of the kingdom as we discussed in the first chapter, our lives as Christians will be turned upside down and inside out. Our priorities are changed. We discover our purpose for living and our passion is ignited to live the life that God ordained for us to live. There is nothing more exciting than to see the glory of God restored to our lives and revealed through us to bring redemption to the world. Throughout the rest of this book, I will be sharing with you the stories of some of my church members, as well as other believers, who have chosen to make living out the kingdom of God their priority and passion for life. They are the reason we have the largest evangelical church in Europe and are influencing every sphere of society with the power of the gospel throughout our nation and in other nations as well. I listed in the introduction the seven spheres of life that sociologists recognize as follows. 1. Spiritual Social 2. Government Politics 3. Business Economy 4. Education Science 5. Media 6. Culture slash Entertainment 7. Sports The model of church that God has helped us to build in Ukraine is such that we train every member of the church to believe that he was not just sent to the world by accident. Everybody is sent here for a purpose to accomplish and fulfill a particular mission that is designed into the person from heaven. It is now the responsibility of the local church and spiritual leaders to help that person discover what he or she was created for and then train the person to actually step out to accomplish that particular goal. A good example is that of Alexander Corman, Redeeming the Sphere of Education Alexander Corman was 18 years old when he first came to our church. Raised without a father, he had deep hurts and emotional scars that needed to be healed. After he was born again, he pursued the training classes of our church and began to be healed and strengthened in his faith. Through these teachings, this young man began to discover his personal destiny, to help other hurting people who had not been properly fathered. As he prayed and fasted, He continued to follow this new passion of his life. In his personal discovery that God had sent him to the earth to restore family values, painfully, he came to understand that part of his training for fulfilling this destiny was what he had suffered as a fatherless boy himself. Mr. Corman went to university with the sole purpose of preparing himself through education to fulfill his destiny. He studied psychology and other appropriately related courses that would open doors for him to present the person of the king and the kingdom principles that had transformed his life to other hurting people. He wanted to share the righteousness, peace, and joy of the kingdom of God that he was experiencing. As he pursued his destiny, Mr. Corman began to realize that while there were universities in Ukraine that produced fine medical doctors, lawyers, and other professionals, There was no curriculum program to teach young people how to become godly fathers and mothers, successful parents. Throughout his educational process, Mr. Corman was motivated to develop such a curriculum to teach family values based in godly kingdom principles. As he prayed and fasted to this end, he began to develop a team of co-workers with one purpose, to become an answer to the national problem related to lack of family values and failure in parenting. Upon his graduation from university, he founded the Institute of Fatherhood, which is now officially recognized, staffed, and financially sponsored by the Ukrainian government. It has had such success that the government now recommends anyone wanting to marry in Ukraine to attend this institute, where they learn kingdom principles of family values and how to be successful as a parent. Corman's Institute of Fatherhood has international branches established in the United States, Canada, and in other countries. Why? Because one young man was taught that his destiny as a believer was to find his promised land of influence and restore the glory of God to that land. Through his passion for extending the kingdom of God, Alexander Corman has redeemed much territory to the reign of the king in the sphere of family and education. He is training men and women to be God-carriers in establishing godly families. Stories like Alexander's abound so much in the Embassy of God church that it is practically impossible to talk to a church member who doesn't seem to know the direction of the calling that God has given to him or her. They go to school purposefully to get educated in the areas which they feel have been revealed to them by God to take the kingdom of God to that sphere of the world. Every believer has been taught to believe that they have a mandate from God to bring the influence of the kingdom of God to a particular segment of the society. What Alexander has done in this particular case is not just a social organization, but a movement that has as its goal a total upheaval, a total change and turnaround in the nation's families, bringing values and responsibilities to fathers and parents. It is defined as a movement because every leader like Alexander is actually required to keep on training and establishing similar ministries and outreaches through all other members who feel they have a similar burden. In the case of Alexander, his particular ministry has reached over 100,000 families. Can you imagine this kind of outreach through one church member? What will happen if you have 10 church members like this? The point is that there will never be enough church buildings to accommodate all the people. By equipping church members and sending them out, they could actually pastor a whole city or nation wherever they are. The greatest success of a pastor is not defined by how many people he succeeds in bringing to his building, but by how much impact he is able to create in the city and nation through the members that have been released to take the kingdom to where the people are. Life-Changing Kingdom Principles Close scrutiny of the scriptures reveals that the kingdom was the only message Jesus preached. He began many of his parables with the words, The kingdom of God is like. What then followed was a graphic word picture to explain the nature, value, priority, and lifestyle of his father's kingdom. Everywhere he went, Jesus taught and demonstrated the life-changing principles of the kingdom of God. For example, to the religious leader Nicodemus, Jesus revealed the necessity of being born again to enter into the kingdom. John chapter 3. He set a little child in front of them to demonstrate the humble nature of one who would enter the kingdom. Matthew 18:2. And he showed the powerful penetrating influence of the kingdom in the parable of leaven hidden in dough that soon leavens the whole lump. Matthew 13:33. Jesus revealed the supreme value of the kingdom when he spoke of the pearl of great price, which the man sold all he had to purchase, Matthew 13, 46. Following the parable trail reveals the essence of Jesus' teaching, his priority and purpose for coming to earth. As we discussed earlier, when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, he taught them the ultimate priority of restoring the kingdom. Most people can quote this model prayer from memory and entire books have been written to exegete its principles. I want to focus your attention especially on Jesus' words, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6.10. In spite of the familiarity of these words, have we understood how life-changing this powerful petition can be? Do we comprehend God's priority for us to extend the kingdom of God throughout the earth as revealed by these words? What does the answer to this powerful petition look like in the 21st century? How should the kingdom of God be characterized and demonstrated in our world today? When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, he revealed to them what God intended to be the passion and pursuit of their lives. Jesus taught them his motivating force for everything he was about and extended that mandate to their personal destiny as his followers. There is little evidence that the disciples understood the significance of this prayer, yet in those words Jesus revealed the eternal heartbeat of his heavenly Father. This simple petition expresses the heartbeat of God from the beginning of time. The Creator of heaven and earth is filled with a longing for mankind to experience His kingdom reality on earth in every realm of life, spirit, soul, and body. Even before He created mankind in His image, God's determined purpose was to extend the kingdom of heaven throughout the whole earth, as we discussed. Yet, in spite of the prophets and the historical record of the entire Old Testament, God's Jewish nation did not understand His divine priority. The disciples' perspective of kingdom was centered largely around the dilemma of Israel's current captivity as slaves of Rome. They clung to their traditional expectations of a Messiah who would come to deliver them from their political oppression and establish his kingdom in Israel. Master teacher that he was, when the disciples said, teach us to pray, Jesus' response gave them an eternal perspective of kingdom. He introduced them to a radically different paradigm for life, the divine priority of the kingdom of God. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Matthew 6, 9 13. God's Kingdom Defined. What do you understand when you see the word kingdom? Unfortunately, there are so many different forms of government on the earth today that few people have a working knowledge of even a political kingdom. And nations that do pattern their government after a kingdom do not reflect the heavenly vision of God's kingdom. A kingdom, by definition, is composed of a king and his domain over which he rules with absolute authority. The kingdom of God, then, simply stated, refers to the domain or territory where God rules as king. Because the scriptures teach that God is love, 1 John 4, 8, his benevolent reign requires that the laws, principles, and lifestyle of love be enforced over all his subjects and over the domain itself. God intended for the earth to become that domain from the beginning. Jesus understood that his mission was to restore the kingdom of God to earth. In his life and ministry, he embodied the character and demonstrated the deeds of his loving Heavenly Father. And he lived wholly to do the will of the Father on earth. The Father dearly loves the Son and discloses, shows to him everything that he himself does. I am able to do nothing from myself, independently of my own accord. But as I am taught by God, and as I get His orders, I decide as I am bidden to decide, as the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. Even as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is right, just, righteous, because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, My own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. John 5, 20 and 30. Jesus did not have his own agenda to fulfill. He did not come to promote his own cause on the earth. His life mission pivoted on the ultimate fulfillment of his Father's will. He was the embodiment of the petition Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6.10 The writer to the Hebrews emphasized this reality when he referred to Christ fulfilling the prophecy of the Old Testament. Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Hebrews 10.5-7 The teachings of Jesus reveal the nature of the kingdom of God. They prioritize its divine laws and principles, and reveal the character and lifestyle prescribed for all who would be restored to his domain. The life of Jesus promoted the purpose of the kingdom, to fill the whole earth with the glory of God, giving him the preeminence of which he alone is worthy. Jesus became the role model of the kingdom priority, which is meant to characterize every believer's lifestyle. Their divine mandate is also clear from Jesus' teachings and from His high priestly prayer, "As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have also sent them into the world," John 17:21. Jesus prayed not only for his disciples, but for all who would believe on him, John 17:20. And after his resurrection, when Jesus breathed on his disciples, he said plainly, "Peace be unto you." As my father hath sent me even so I send you John 20:22 20, Seek first the kingdom This message of the priority of the kingdom will welcome the Lord Jesus back to earth at his second coming Only those believers and churches who understand and embrace the priority of this message will continue to be relevant to the world and society in which they live Jesus priority must become our priority we must learn, as Jesus taught his disciples, to seek first the kingdom. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For our heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew six thirty-three. Jesus revealed clearly here the character and lifestyle of a person who chooses to embrace kingdom reality. He contrasted this life pursuit of the kingdom and his righteousness with the material things people were pursuing, food and clothes and temporal needs. He taught that life is more than meat and the body than raiment. Then he made this astounding promise for those who choose to seek first his kingdom, and all these things shall be added unto you. This promise is unfulfilled in the lives of many sincere believers today who labor relentlessly for material wealth, not understanding or embracing the priority of the kingdom pursuit. In these few words, Jesus turned upside down the priorities and lifestyle of the people listening to him. Unfortunately, not much has changed today for those listening to Jesus' words. How many Christians are spending their time, energy, and money to pursue temporal things in the same way as unbelievers do? Too many believers' perspective of life is focused on acquiring material things instead of seeking first the kingdom of God. Unfortunately, they forfeit this divine promise to have all their temporal needs met as a result of seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Why do we need to seek the kingdom? Why would Jesus teach his disciples that they needed to seek the kingdom when he was declaring that his mission on the earth was to restore people to the kingdom of God and through them to the kingdom of God to the earth? A simple word study shows that the Greek word for seek means to desire, inquire, and require. It implies a search for something hidden. To become a part of the kingdom of God, Jesus said you need to desire it enough to search it out. This seeking is not as if the kingdom of God is lost, but as in discovering of its essence, complexity, totality, and entirety. Even though we are already in the kingdom of God after salvation, we then begin to seek to discover the totality of the kingdom essence and meaning. Moreover, we also dedicate and devote ourselves to seeking the advancement and priority of this kingdom, God's rule in the hearts and lives of those on the earth. This preeminence is above all else. The Greek word translated first, in the phrase, Seek first the kingdom of God, means, Firstly in time, place, order, or importance. According to Jesus, desire for the kingdom of God must take first place in your life, replacing all lesser pursuits for temporal things. The desire of Nicodemus, a teacher in Israel, prompted him to seek Jesus out at night to ask him about matters of the kingdom. He acknowledged that Jesus came from God because of the miracles he had witnessed at the hands of Jesus. And Jesus began to teach Nicodemus how to enter the kingdom of God. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3 verse 3. When Nicodemus did not understand, Jesus explained that a man must be born of water and of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. John 3, 5 Jesus revealed the mystery surrounding this new birth, comparing it to the wind that we perceive but do not know from where it comes or where it goes. Patiently, Jesus engaged this religious man in conversation until he was able to instruct him in the simplicity of receiving eternal life and entering the kingdom. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John three sixteen and 17. In this insightful conversation, Jesus revealed to Nicodemus his purpose for coming to earth, to reconcile mankind to God's kingdom, promising everlasting life to all who believe in him. Every living soul longs, even unconsciously, to be restored to that original purpose for which we were created. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus addressed the aimless pursuit of people for temporal things that do not satisfy the ache in the human heart. He was revealing to them the answer to their deepest desire, to know God who created them in his image to fellowship with them and find fulfillment in a relationship with him alone. He taught all who would listen that they could only find true satisfaction as they chose to pursue their purposes in the kingdom of God. Unfortunately, the church has failed to teach the believers the paramount importance of this truth, hence leading to a confused and powerless church that's not capable of transforming our world to God's kingdom standards. Of the 77 million born-again adults who are churched in the U.S., most describe success in life as outcomes related to professional achievement, family solidarity, physical accomplishments, or resource acquisition. Fewer than one out of ten believers mentioned descriptions that reflect their relationship with God when asked how they wanted to be known by others. A kingdom priority and pursuit must be restored to the church. Otherwise, the church will become more and more irrelevant in the 21st century. Pursuit of Life Pursuit is natural to the human race. Every person is busy pursuing something. It is as if we are programmed to be in pursuit of life according to our agenda. But we have all missed the point, the original goal of our pursuit. The prophet Isaiah declared this plight of all of mankind. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Isaiah 53, 6 Shepherds know that when sheep go astray, they are in life-threatening danger. Isaiah made that declaration in the middle of his wonderful prophetic revelation of the Messiah, who would become the great shepherd of our souls. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Today, more than ever, people are pursuing their own thing, life according to their own personal ideas. Jesus said life is more than the temporal things we are pursuing. He prescribed single-minded pursuit of the kingdom of God and his righteousness as the optimal lifestyle promising that such a pursuit would result in giving you everything you need for living in this world and in the world to come, everlasting life. What does pursuit of the kingdom look like in the 21st century? There are two fundamental aspects to Jesus' command to seek first the kingdom of God. Number one, the first involves seeking his righteousness personally. It deals with the priority of embracing kingdom principles to become Christ-like in character, motivation, attitude and action or lifestyle number two the second involves establishing the kingdom lifestyle on the earth the life pursuit of every believer individually in every church corporately should be focused on extending the values and principles of the kingdom of god on the earth the kingdom culture as you consider these truths as the kingdom of god I encourage you to prayerfully think of ways you need to change to enjoy the fulfillment of divine destiny in your personal life, as well as in the corporate expression of your church life. Seeking His Righteousness Jesus introduced the principles of the kingdom in what we call the Beatitudes. He began His teaching with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.3 To be poor in spirit is to recognize one's need to receive help. It is an attitude of humility that is willing to turn from our independent pursuits to seek the kingdom of God. Religious traditions and selfish agendas are laid aside when we become poor in spirit. First, we humbly seek to know the life principles of the kingdom. Then we seek to understand the values and priorities of the kingdom. To pursue understanding of what makes the kingdom lifestyle work on the earth, we need to ask, What does it mean to be a kingdom citizen today? If God is the king of his kingdom and I am made in his image, how can I represent him on the earth, in my culture? How do I make the values of the kingdom my values, my priority? How do I effectively become the will of God on the earth? Remember, the definition of kingdom involves a king and his influence over a domain or territory. For the kingdom of God to extend throughout the earth means that the environment and atmosphere of heaven is to be established on earth as it is in heaven. In order to do that, we must pursue relationship with the king and submit all of our life to his dominion, not just intellectually. We must embrace the principles and values of the kingdom in our lifestyle. Success as a Christian. To be successful in life, You must learn to be a carrier of the kingdom in every life pursuit. You need to pursue the principles, qualities, and virtues of the kingdom, allowing them to be reflected in your attitudes, actions, relationships, and your sphere of influence, your promised land. The kingdom of love will be manifested in you to such an extent that people who don't seek God for themselves only need to observe your life to know what he is like. Being with you should make them desire the loving God you represent to them. You become a God-carrier. His glory is revealed through you to fill the earth. The part you are responsible for is the part where you are. Success as a Christian means to become the essence of the presence of God on the earth, to become one with Him. The restoration of the kingdom of God within you should shine forth like light in a dark world. When Philip asked Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, John 14 8, Jesus instructed him that his life was a revelation of the Father's life. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works, John 149 10 the plan of God for every believer is that you be so married to Christ, so meshed together with Him, and immersed in His love, His character, and His will, that when people look at you, they see the Father. Interacting with you, people don't need to wonder what love is, what forgiveness is, what kindness is. They see those characteristics expressed in your character and lifestyle as a Christian. The goal of every believer is to become a God-carrier, a God-representative who reflects to others the nature of God, his peace, love, joy, kindness, and forgiveness. That sums up the first aspect of seeking first the kingdom. Johnny Erickson Tata was 17 years old when she dived into Chesapeake Bay and broke her neck. Since then, she has been a quadriplegic, confined to life in a wheelchair. Yet in her search for answers and her struggles to find God, she has given the world inspirational books and paintings, holding the brush in her teeth, as well as untold inspiration through her lectures and outreach to thousands of people facing similar challenges. She has learned to let God be God and to allow His love to flow through her in fulfilling her purpose in life. For the past 26 years, Johnny has ministered to thousands of despairing individuals, one-on-one, and given them hope and inspired their love for God because of her personal love for God. Her face radiates the joy of the Lord, and her words reveal the deep compassion she feels for hurting people. She has become a God-carrier, bringing people into the kingdom and together extending kingdom principles and kingdom love throughout the earth. Extending His Kingdom. The second aspect of seeking first the kingdom goes beyond knowing the principles of the kingdom and reflecting the character of the king. It involves seeking the advancement and absolute rule and dominion of King Jesus through love, peace, and righteousness. It means to gain victory over the enemies of His kingdom on the earth. Extending the kingdom of God is a fulfillment of Habakkuk's prophecy. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk 2.14 To become the answer to the petition, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth, means that Christians must be as leaven that penetrates society and changes the essence and nature of the community where they are living out their destiny. Churches are to wield their influence in society to change the ungodly environment of the community. All believers are to flourish like the mustard seed in Jesus' parable that becomes the greatest of herbs in the garden and supplies safety for the birds of the air. Matthew 13, 31 To establish the kingdom means to pursue the victory of the kingdom as your priority in life. That means that you recognize that you are not created to wake up every day to go to a job simply to make a living. The purpose of every believer is to spread the presence of the glory of God in God's kingdom in his or her place of employment. Every believer is destined to receive the substance of that kingdom and to successfully extend it in their sphere of influence, extending the reign of the king into that territory. Understanding and embracing this pursuit of the kingdom of God and his righteousness can bring radical change to the lives of Christians as well as to entire churches. This kingdom revelation will be responsible for the personal fulfillment of believers and the corporate effectiveness of the church. The Word of God Becoming Flesh The failure of the first couple to fulfill their original purpose and divine destiny did not deter the intention, the heartbeat, of God for his world. The Word of God will be fulfilled. It cannot be denied. That is why Jesus came to earth with the priority of restoring the kingdom of God. The Apostle John revealed a wonderful perspective of Jesus as the eternal word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1 1 through 4 and verse 14. It is one of the precious mysteries of the kingdom that Jesus came to earth as the Word of God to fulfill the Word of God on the earth. Following his example as a role model, the disciples were given the authority and power to extend the presence of his glorious kingdom in all the earth. Jesus taught his disciples that their assignment would be the same as that of the first couple to establish the government of God and fill the whole earth with his glory. Jesus said, in effect, to all believers, I have placed the kingdom of God inside your heart. The glory that resided in the Garden of Eden is inside of you. Now you are supposed to be a carrier of that kingdom, fulfilling the original command of mankind to spread that glory to all the earth, to be fruitful and multiply, so that more people come under the rule of the king and to become carriers of the kingdom to have in every sphere of life and establish my divine government throughout my Father's domain. In his high priestly prayer, Jesus declared, And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. John 1722 23 The vision of God for you as a man or woman who is made in His image is to get to know God and submit your life completely to His dominion, to the King and His kingdom. When you are born again, you become a citizen of the kingdom of God. Your spirit comes alive to God and you are reconciled to relationship with Him. Then, as you receive revelation of the word of God, your thinking will be transformed and you begin to experience the passion and heartbeat of God for the restoration of his kingdom. As a believer, you begin to be the word made flesh. The life of Christ within you gives you divine purpose for living. That mandate becomes the priority of your life as you learn to walk in his principles and reflect his character, his nature, and every aspect of your lifestyle. You long to fulfill the prayer of the Apostle Paul. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans twelve one through 2. The priority of the kingdom of God must be understood from the perspective of the creator God, who had a wonderful plan for creating the earth and placing mankind on the earth. His plan will be fulfilled on the earth. Jesus made it plain that his mission was to implement that plan through redemption, which he alone could make possible. But the restoration of his kingdom is not simply to enable mankind to be redeemed from sin and go to heaven. To understand God's original purpose for creation and its restoration through Christ, you must begin to feel the heartbeat of God. You need to feel the passion of His divine purpose for creating mankind in His image. Then you will feel the love of the Savior as He taught the realities of the kingdom in parables that people could understand. Kingdom Prayer Father, in the name of Jesus I come to thank you for saving me and allowing me to be born into your kingdom of life. I believe you want to impact my life as I read this book and change me forever. Now, Spirit of the Lord, I pray that you would give me a special revelation and a special encounter with you as I read this message of the kingdom-driven life. Don't leave me the way you found me. Transform me and cause me to be a world changer for you. Lord, cause me to see my relevance and believe that I am an agent of God on the earth. Help me to believe that empowered by you, I am the hope of the world, and that through me, you want to do great things. Father, transform my mind and my traditional religious way of thinking. Change me. Help me to be more in love with you than ever before, to be addicted to you, so that your love in me will contaminate everyone with whom I come in contact. Thank you, Lord, for the answer to my prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Kingdom Principles from Chapter 2 Number 1. The kingdom of God, simply stated, refers to the domain or territory where God rules as king. Number 2. Everywhere he went, Jesus taught and demonstrated the life-changing principles of the kingdom of God. Number 3. Only those believers in churches who understand and embrace the priority of the kingdom message will continue to be relevant to the world and society in which they live. Number 4 Too many believers' perspective of life is focused on acquiring material things instead of seeking first the kingdom of God. Number 5 The first fundamental aspect of seeking first the kingdom of God involves seeking his righteousness. 6 The second involves establishing the kingdom lifestyle on the earth. 7 The goal of every believer is to become a God carrier. A God representative who reflects to others the nature of God. Number eight, Christians must be as leaven that penetrates society and changes the essence and nature of the community where they are living out their destiny. Number nine, Jesus taught his disciples that their assignment would be the same as that of the first couple to establish the government of God and fill the whole earth with his glory. Number ten, As you receive revelation of the word of God, your thinking will be transformed and you will begin to experience the passion and heartbeat of God for the restoration of his kingdom. As a believer, you will begin to be the word made flesh.